Hello, and thank you all for joining us here at the Outdoor Asylum. Uh, I'm Brad Allen here, as always, with our producer, Jake Seipert. Jake, yeah, how's it going? Going good. How are you, Brad? Yeah, it's going good. Good to see you today. Well, thank you. I you appreciate look that. a little younger, like a week younger. Why is that? Is it the glasses? Might be the weather. I'm just in a better mood. It's cooled down. I'm glad you're. I'm, I'm glad that I'm looking a little more attractive to you today. <laughs> yeah, I'd put the glasses on. I feel it's funny you say that I look younger because I feel older because I can't read anything. Now my my eyes are just going down. Could be that hat. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that hat. Check well, out those elite hats. Yeah, we're fixing to have some like this this style hopefully here pretty soon. Uh, of course, I've been hearing that for a while. It's tough. They can't get hats now. You know, everything China, the shipping yeah. problems and everything they're having in China, it's getting hard to get things just as simple as hats now. So it's been a little bit of a lengthy deal. But uh, stay tuned. Check out the website. We're going to have some new hats, some new apparel coming out pretty soon. So, um, you know, and also hit that like and subscribe button and recommend us to your friends or recommend us to your enemies, recommend us to somebody. We really appreciate you guys joining us. And, before I get in, I'm really excited about this podcast and um, because I'm excited to introduce you to a special guest that I've got with me. But before before I introduce my guest, I want to tell you, Jake, let me tell you a story. It's going to be story time with Brad to start out here. Yeah. This is... Um, I like the, stories. This is something that happened, happened uh, gosh, I don't know how long it's been ago, probably over a couple years ago. Um, we were... We were building this shop, the uh, the Elite Duck Call shop, where we were going to start making all of our products, and and I had to uh, I had to go uh, drive and get some pick up some materials to to build this building, and um, on a on a personal note, and I usually I don't like talking about stuff getting too personal with things like this. I'd rather I'd rather tell something personal. Um, uh, regarding someone else than uh, to tell it on myself, but the truth is, man, it was a it was a time where I was I was going through a pretty rough patch myself, and I was battling a lot of different things. Um, I, I had a, you know, it's kind of one of those things I really didn't know what the future was going to hold. I was dealing with a lot of self doubt, plus some other personal issues that I was going through that I won't right. get into. Thank and you. I'm driving. I've got to make a long drive from here over to uh, the Mountain View area to to pick up some some materials. And you know that's probably gosh I don't know we're looking at an hour and a half drive at least hour and a half hour and forty five minutes where I was going. And I remember the day very well because I was driving when I, when I was going to pick this up. It's one thing I had so much on my mind that you know usually I'm listening to music or I'm listening to another podcast, I'm listening to something on YouTube, whatever, something to pass the time. But on this particular day, I just I had so much on my mind. I did not have the radio, I didn't have anything on, and I am just I'm just thinking about it. I'm Ooh. just, you know, it's just it's it's encompassing everything silent that's drive. on my mind. Yeah, silent drive. And I even caught myself Sometimes in prayer, I had so much on me that I was even, I'd find myself praying and driving. You ever do that? Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't close my eyes when I'm doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I try to keep the eyes open. Well, the horns, you know, the horns will bring you back to the right a little bit when you hear them. Rumble strip. Yeah, rumble Flags strip there. or something, yeah. Um, but anyway, man, I'm, I find myself in prayer as I am driving. I mean, I'm sitting here sometimes driving and talking to God like he's sitting in the seat next to me. Yeah, that's, that's, there. yeah, that's how much it was, it was kind of, life was kind of weighing on me at the time. So I get to have that long drive there. I get where I'm going to pick up this material. Now, what I'm picking up is what you see behind me here, this wood. 
we really wanted a rustic look uh, with the uh, with a lot of the shop that we were building. So had these boards um, with um, we put some black paper behind it, and I'm buying just big pine boards and. And we're putting this up going for the rustic look. Now, the problem is this wood that I'm getting, it's, it's, it's a lot of material, and it's, um, it's very wet. This wood at the time was not dried out, and, and we knew that going in. And I was going to put it up, let it shrink, let it gap up, and just give it that outdoor feel. But, man, I had, it's, it is so much weight. I did not have a trailer myself that would, that would carry it. I had to borrow a trailer from my father's huge trailer. That would that would haul something this size, and even then, man, when this guy's stacking this wood on here, and we're talking about tons of material, I'm like, my gosh, I don't know if this trailer is going to be able to hold it. And then the other thing is, you know, I drive a big Toyota Tundra. I'm thinking, man, do I even have enough truck in these hills to get up and down these hills? And more importantly, do I have enough brake if I get going down a little bit too fast? So it was a little bit of a harrowing thing. So, but this is my last load. We've gotten I've gotten a couple different loads. Of this stuff. This is the last one. And I've got to pick this up, and I've got to I've got to get back. So, um, get the trailer loaded up, and I am on my way home, and I'm back in the same situation. You know, thinking about everything that's uh, that's been on my mind, and like the worst thing happens, I hear the big boom. Mm. I blow the a tire on the trailer. It of goes, course. yeah. I, it's like a gunshot going off. I look in the rearview mirror just in time to see the tire flying off the rubber flying off and hitting the tail light on one side and ripping it off but the one good thing was that it where it hit me i looked up like i got to get this thing off the road but luckily there's a driveway a big gravel driveway right in front of me where there are several chicken houses that are right there together and it's a big area graveled area where some big trucks can pull in you know plenty of room and it was just right there. Couldn't have been any more perfect. I'm just, you know, boom. So I got to get off the road. So I pull off. And now, you know, I'm I'm kind of out in the country. I'm a little. I'm far from home. Kind <laughs> of in the middle of nowhere. And I don't want to overplay it. I mean, obviously, I'm on a highway. It's not like I'm on a back dirt road somewhere. But I'm feeling pretty isolated because I'm a pretty good distance away from from someone that's going to help me in this. So I come to a stop, and I'm like, oh my gosh, borrowed trailer hope there's a spare what am i going to do i'm sitting here you know how am i going to deal with this and then i look up and this truck pulls up next to me and i look at the man and the man inside pulls up next to me and he is just grinning from (laughs) ear to ear which is either a really good sign that's kind of scary yeah it's either a really good sign around mountain view for sure exactly a really bad sign. it's been a lot of scary movies that have started just like this you know so I see this, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm a little nervous. And so, roll down the window, and the first thing out of this man's mouth, he looks at me, he grins, he said, man, he said, you're the second one today that is broken <laughs> down right here. And I'm thinking, damn, what happened to the first guy? You know, that's kind of my first thought. And so, Where's uh, this truck? Yeah, exactly. I don't see anybody. So, um, I was like, really? And, and uh, you know, he said, you got, you know, you got a spare you good to go so I, I don't know i get out and i look you know like i said just borrowed this trailer sure enough i don't have a spare i've got all this weight on this trailer you know how are we gonna how are we gonna jack this thing up the only jack that i've got is with the factory jack that comes in my truck and we've got so much weight it's like i don't 
you know, yeah. like this. Those are kind of rinky dinky. Yeah, rinky dink. I don't think this is going to cut it for this load that that I've got on here. And then this uh, gentleman says, "Well, he said, man, I may have a jack. So I think I got something back in my truck." So he gets out of his truck, and when when he gets out. Um, I see that this gentleman is is missing his right arm. Something is his he's something has happened. He's missing his right arm. Plus, I can tell from the way that he's walking that he's got some some impairment to his leg as well. You can tell from the gait that you know he's 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 had an injury here. But man, this this guy jumps out and he just reaches over the back of his truck. He grabs a jack. He pulls it out. And I'm like, whoa, you know, can I help you with that? This guy, right. he just grabs it. He coming on. He's gonna put the jack under there. He's gonna. He's going to help with this. Well, the jack that he had for whatever reason, I can't remember if it wasn't heavy enough or it wasn't working. He's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go. I think I've got a jack down here at another another place that I think will do the job. I'll be right back. So he throws that jack in the back of his truck, and he drives off. And so he drives off, and I get on the phone. I call Buddy back here, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm kind of stranded here. I've got a gentleman that's helping me out, but you stay close to that phone, okay? Because <laughs> I, I don't know if he's going to go get his buddies and they're fixing to take me somewhere <laughs> else or if this man's really got something fixed me up here. I think he's trying to help me. But so then he comes back with a jack that works, and with a little bit of effort, we, we finally get this tire off. We get the wheel off of the trailer. So I was like, man, is there a tire place around here handy or something? He said, you know, he said, I actually – there's a guy just down the road. He said, I've got to go there to pick up something myself. I think he was getting some propane or something. He said, uh, he's got a business, and it was right on the highway. And he says, go down here. He may have a wheel. You can just get a wheel replacement for it and get you going. Okay, great. So get in the truck with him, and we're driving. And I'm telling you, man, it. Um, it this is going to sound hokey, and someone may – Someone may think that I'm a little off right here, and that's fine. A lot of people know that I'm a little bit off. Right. But, right, you agreed too quickly <laughs> with that, Jake. But, man, you know, I'm not one of these people that I hear people all the time that are like, man, this happened, and I just know that this was God's will for my life, or this was a God. I hear people say that all the time. And I'm very, obviously, I recognize that God is all-powerful, all-knowing. He can control, he holds the universe in his hands. But I think so many times we're too quick to think things like that. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know yeah. what? No, it's not really God intervening in your life. This is just this is just coincidence. You know, things happen, and then we deal with good and bad decisions. But there was just something about this that just kind of like, man, you know, I've been talking to God all morning, and now this happened, and it happened right here, right at this place. And at that moment, this man's right here, and I'm kind of thinking, man, is this one of those things where God kind of put me in a situation? So I'm driving with this gentleman. We get talking. And I know I'm being long-winded here, but stay with me. I'll introduce my guest here in a minute. We'll get we'll get down to business. He's but here? He's actually here. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'll shut up. I'm, I'm getting there. But anyway, we're, we're driving, and I'm, I'm trying to get a feel. I'm like, well, maybe there's something I can help this guy with, you know. So I get talking to him, and, you know, I mean, he's a friendly guy. And um, I'm thinking, well, this, you know, I wonder if this guy knows the Lord. You know, we get talking. I said, man, you got a church here? Yeah. He tells me all about his church. Um, he tells me some about his business, you know, the the chicken houses and different things that he's involved in business wise. Got a great got a great thing going there. And then 
talk about his family. You know, he's telling me about that. And I'm like, man, this is a happy man. Looks sound like he's got it all going on. I, I can't figure out anything I'm supposed to help this guy with. We get down. He takes me. We This one place does not have a wheel. So he takes me all the way into town, miles and miles, go to a second place, put a new tire on here. He stays with me while they fix my tire. You know, I've interrupted his busy work day to do all this. Now he stays with me. They fix my tire. Then he brings me back, and we get the tire on. We get everything fixed. And then the guy says, hey, man, you know, you got a heck of a load on here. I think you need to put some more air in these tires. He said, pull over here to the side of this chicken house, and I've got an air compressor over here. Let's put a little more air in these tires. So, And she's still staying with me, helping me. And then I would have just let you go without without air in your tires. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. You know, it's kind of like the you know the book of Matthew. Someone you know wants you to walk a mile with them. You walk two. You know, this guy's going like ten. You right. know, and I'm I'm just asking him for one mile. He's going like ten. Will not accept any money. I'm like, hey man, let me pay you for this. Let me give you some money. You know, something. No, will not accept anything. Airs up my tires, and then as I'm leaving, he's like, hey, man, if you have any trouble between here and home, here's my phone number. Give me a call. Plus, wow. I know some people that live out there. If you need some help, we'll get somebody out there to you. I mean, just amazing to me how much this guy has helped me. And the the story here, like I said, you know, having such a tough time driving down there, when this is over, I'm, like, thankful. I'm like, God, thank you for letting me have a blown tire. Now, I'm not – I hate that I have put this man out so much that I've interrupted his day. But seeing this guy and just, I mean, this guy's just unstoppable. You know, he's battling, you know, certain impairments. But there is nothing keeping him from doing whatever he wants to do. It was just amazing. And I just, I when I left, I had a totally different outlook on life. I had a totally different attitude. And, you know, and I realized, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't put in this position. If God put me in this position, it wasn't because this man needed any help. It was, he was helping me. (laughs) He was helping me and it wasn't just fixing my tire. You know, it was a lot more. I mean, it really changed my outlook on life. So that's cool. uh, Yeah, it's, it was, uh, it was quite an experience. So anyway, my guest today is the gentleman that saved my butt on the side of the road, Brian Stoltz. Brian, man, thanks for being here. Thank you. Um, let me ask you something, man. What what were you thinking when you saw me broke down on the side? Or what's going through your mind when you see an idiot like me that's just happened to be stranded? I mean, what possessed you to actually help me out that day? I've been broke down so many times that uh, you got to help. I mean, I don't want to leave somebody stranded on the I wouldn't want to be stranded on the side of the road. And I know how that is, not having stuff to get you fixed and go back going, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's uh, you were you were definitely a, a saving grace that day. So, you know, man, I wanted ever since this happened, I've always wanted to get you on this podcast. And you know, a lot of times I get guests on here that I'm good friends with, I've known for a long time. But with you, you know, I don't know you much more than that day that you that you helped me. So I'm I'm really anxious to hear your story. I'm gonna be learning about about you as much as the people that are watching this. Uh, going through it so i think it seems to me like you got a pretty good story to tell or something i definitely want to want to know about so um tell us about like like your past where were you where were you born and raised and i was born and raised right there on that place i mean a quarter of a mile from where you where you stopped at man i had an excellent childhood i mean raised on that farm i had grandparents that done the same thing that what we do for a living right now and uh I don't know. I just, 
always wanted to help people or whatever. I mean, that's just how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Well, your parents like your mom and dad. I mean, you say they're good people, good, obviously. Good, hardworking people. Yeah. Hardworking people. And what kind of farm was it? Are we talking? My grandpa, they had just two little broiler houses and, you know, a herd of cows there. Uh-huh. I got you. What about brothers and sisters? No brothers and sisters. Only child. Only child. So what about um, like growing up? What was what was your interest when you were when you were a kid? Were you Man, into sports or what, no, what were you into? Absolutely not. I had a squirrel dog and a foiler. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty much how I was raised. Sounds and, uh, perfect though. Yeah, and we really it was. I mean, I don't know. There's probably 300 acres there where I was raised, but that community is my whole family. I mean, my grandpa had eight brothers and sisters, and I don't know the whole font that whole community there as you know that was pretty much all their land and it wasn't like these kids now i could run and go and do wherever mm-hmm. i mean my mom and dad didn't know where i've heard my dad say a lot of times he would find me he said wonder where i was at he'd go outside and listen and hear my dog's treat and then he would go to me <laughs> for, for where my squirrel dogs were at you yeah know. yeah yeah just free. it wasn't like today just free oh, rain no yeah. absolutely not and I'm, you know, I've got two, three children. I've got a stepdaughter and then two girls of my own, and they're all mine. But, you know, I'm just tickled that they're getting to live, grow up on the same place that I did. Yeah. You know, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, too, a much different country. I was more uh, more of a river rat than a hillbilly, like uh, we, we different parts of the state. But, you know, I've always said, told my dad one time, I said, man, you know, you just gave me free reign. I was, you didn't know where I was, similar to as you were growing up, and, I was back here running around the river and doing all kinds of dangerous stuff. And I said, yeah, you know, like your grandkid, you, there's no way you would let them do some of that, you know? And he's like, well, you know, they were, they're a lot cuter than you were, you know, for the most part. But, uh, but he said, no, you know, when you were doing that, I I knew that, you know, I, I was worried about you, but at the same time, I knew you weren't doing other things that would be worse, right. you know. Plus, it was just a different world too. Uh, at the same time, but so were you? Um, was church always something that's part of your life? Raised no, in church? Not really. Not really. I was about fourteen or fifteen when I really, you know, when I started getting to go to church. Fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. Now, were you, so your parents were not really no, big into church. No, okay. No. How did you get started in fourteen, fifteen? And just a family friend stopped, you know, invited us to. To take us, and then my mom, she started going with me too. There after, once we got started going back. Mm-hmm. Now, um, now I know from from what you told me that you know, as far as your your arm that you had a, that you had an accident. But let's talk about life right before the accident. So, how old were you when you had that? Accident? I was twenty one. Twenty one. Okay, so at age twenty one, just prior to the accident, what was what was your life like uh, at that point? What were you doing? Oh, I hate to say it, but I was pretty wild, pretty wild. Got some wild times. Some wild there. times. What were sure you? Did. What kind of work were you doing? I uh, was doing electrical work for Arkansas Electric. Uh-huh. Working away from home, you know, it was pretty. You know the routine. You work with a bunch of guys, and you go still away from home, and it's not, it's not the best life for somebody. Right. Right, so your relationship, you, you started going to church some at 14, so your relationship with the Lord at this point probably, I'm guessing. It was not where it needed to be at uh, all. Yeah. Did you feel like you were like you were saved? I mean, did you know did you I know like Jesus? I felt like I was saved, and I'll tell you why I feel like that, because, I mean, the whole time that I was doing wrong, you know, I still felt like I had that 
that hook in my heart that was pulling me back to the Lord. And I mean, even the crazy things that I done, man, I knew it. I knew I wasn't doing right. Yeah, yeah. What about? Um, did you? Were you dating anyone? Were you no, in kind of not, relationship? Not really. That? Not anything serious at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so at that point, what were you? What were you planning to do? What were your life goals and plans at twenty one prior to the accident? Where'd you Where'd you see yourself going? Or were you looking that far ahead? Man, I don't know. You know, I always wonder what would have happened if I hadn't gotten you know in the shape that I'm in. I'd probably still be doing that line of work right now, you know. But I guess that's not what the Lord had planned. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, tell me about your accident. What what happened? Man, we were uh, we were pulling wire, new wire into a building high line, and we were pulling new wire in. And I was up on a pole in a bucket, and uh, my mistake. I mean, I liked just a little bit, and the end of the wire. I had it hanging over in the bucket, which was a big no-no. I mean, and to this day, why? I have no idea why I done it. But I got I turned around in the bucket, and I hit my right elbow on that hot wire, and it just put 7,200 volts Ooh. through my body. Man. Um, so, like, when this happened, do you, were, you, were you at all conscious Man, during the— I'll tell you what. Whenever it happened, it knocked me out in that bucket, and I was in a, it wasn't pain. I mean, I was at a peace where I felt like I had the choice. I mean, I honestly, I felt like I had the choice if I wanted to live or die. I mean, it was like somebody asked me, you know, and I can remember laying there saying, I'm too young to die. I'm too young to die. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, all of a sudden, it was just like the light came on. And I, they had done got me out of the bucket, and I was laying in the in the road waiting on an ambulance to get there. Were you and, talking to them? Yeah, yeah, I was, and I can remember that. I'd say, man, just let me get up. I'll be all right. I can shake this off. But, you know, I didn't have a – I can remember laying on my back and looking down, and we had those fire retardant pants on. And I can remember looking down and, like, seeing that burnt where that electricity came out and uh, – you know, and the whole time I was like, "If you'd let me get up, I'll be. I think I'm. I'll be okay." And they're like, "No, you need. You need to just stay where you're at." You know, but the the ambulance got there, and I can I can remember this. They took my blood pressure, and it was like just, you know, it was normal. Really, being through all of that trauma, but then they put me in the ambulance, and I'll never forget that. It was like being strapped on the back of a one ton truck on a flatbed going back down the interstate. Yeah. We were. At, Greenwood up by Fort Smith is where I was working at. And they run me back to Fort Smith and kind of did some emergency surgeries or whatever. And then they helicoptered me out of there to a burn center at uh, at Tulsa at Hillcrest Medical Center. Okay, so obvious. Severe burns all right side. Is the whole body on the right side, right, I'm right. guessing? It, it went into my arm and it came out my right leg. And then I've got some pretty big burns on my left leg where it arced across. Mm-hmm. So did they they have to to take your arm? Were you, they'd amputate at that point or what? Well, it was a few days in. You know, they'd done what they could to save it. Yeah. But then on my leg, they kind of just, it kind of took a little bit at a time. Yeah. I think I went through 12 surgeries in 14 days. Okay. So you had to make the decision then. You were right. you know, to 
And the doctor, the doctor came in and he's like, you know, we might can save your leg. They're talking about taking muscles out of my back and putting in my leg to try to, to reconstruct it or whatever. And he said, this is going to be a several year deal. Or he said, we can amputate this and I can have you on a prosthetic and walking in no time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was kind of the, and whenever they went ahead with it, I mean, gangrene had done starting to set up in it. So, I mean, it was, there wasn't any way around it. So you knew there was no choice. No, you no just, choice yeah. whatsoever. Wow. So were you you losing your right arm? Um, were you right-handed? Yes, sir. Okay. Right eye dominant, too, <laughs> right, I'm guessing. Right. Okay. I've got um, a funny story on that, too, though, when we get to it. But I'm going to go ahead right now. But shooting a twenty-two, you know, your right arm, right? And yeah. Friend of mine, Brent Morgan from here in Cersei, he had permission to go to some menopons down here at over here. Desark. Desark, exactly where it was at. We'd go over there and I'm talking about shoot bricks at twenty two shells at those ducks. We'd just drive around and I mean <laughs> that's how that's how I got learned to shoot a gun again. It was uh-huh. like that. For any of the game wardens listening, this is he. He just winked at me. That, that was not an admission of no, guilt. No, they had a they had a permit. They oh, had they had a permit. permit. Okay, a all right. This is, permit. This I mean, is. it was it was illegal. <laughs> it was legal what we were doing. Okay, all right. Yep, good deal. Good deal. We, I'm, I'm glad this the the tape of this won't be Exhibit <laughs> A in a, in the in the courtroom or anytime anytime soon. So so immediately after the accident, I mean, were you able to walk at all, or you had a you had a process ahead? Man, of you? I'll tell you what, they wanted me to go to. Uh, they wanted me to go to rehab and stuff when I got home and, like, stay. And I was like, man, I, I'm not I, – I can do it. I can do it. And I did a little physical therapy at Batesville once I got my prosthetic. But, I mean, I went ahead and, you know, most of that's at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, we – that happened November the 19th. And February the 14th, I went to Oaklawn to the racetrack and walked all day on a prosthetic. I mean, it didn't it didn't get me down long at all. Mm-hmm. But I was disappointed. When I went and got that leg, in my mind, I was fixing to walk in there and put this thing on. And we're going home, and I, it's yeah. going to be <laughs> – <it's, laughs> All know, I need is a leg, man. Give it to me, yeah. Everything, you know, I. it was kind of funny. The doctor wrote me a – prescription for a leg just like getting a bottle of antibiotics you know and snail prosthetics at little rock they've been super super good to work with i mean whatever i need frank and his crew down there they've they've kept me going mm-hmm. and uh as i've got older it's gotten i don't have to work they don't have to work on it near as much as what they did but i'm telling you when i was young we was down there a lot because I mean I was breaking them and <laughs> tearing them up and mm-hmm. whatever you know. Mm-hmm. The, how uh, how high was your was your amputation? It's just right above my knee. It's above right my above knee. My knee. Yep, and my arm is off in my shoulder. And Frank made me an arm to try to wear, but it was just so awkward and I don't know the stuff I'm into. It was going to get me killed. I'd have it dangled in a PTO shaft or something and. Or something, and I just I never did get along with it. Mm-hmm. So never the prosthetic arm, but using the prosthetic leg. Um, you know, that's that's so interesting because I was wanting to know a lot about your rehab. You know, because I was a physical therapist before right. I just started doing the the game calls full time, and 
So I was interested in some of the PT, but it sounds like you just thought, hey, right. man, this is slowing me down, and I'm ready to go. Right. I would say probably I'd done six weeks maybe at at Batesville of, you know, go down there two or three times a week, and it was pretty simple, just up steps, whatever. And when we were in the hospital, I feel like I'm chasing rabbits here because I'm going back, but we were in the hospital out there, and I was talking about I'm ready to come home, and they said, you have to be able to get into a car before you, you know, in a car and out of a car and back in your wheelchair before you can come home. And I'm like, we're staying here because of that. <laughs> you know, I said, where's, where's a rig at? I feel like I can jump over one by, by now, you know, to get to go home. And somewhere in that bit, that hospital was huge out there. And they rolled me down to a, a car that's in the therapy center, mm-hmm. you know, and shoot, I open the door and bail in, bail out. And, They'd give me the keys. I'd have drove it to Stone County. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you know, it's funny. Uh, a lot of the things I was, you, you're, you're answering a lot of the questions that that I had about, you know, I was. My next question was, you know, where where is your mind? I mean, it, you know, the, all this hits you so suddenly. You're 21 years old, and it's like, bam! They've just taken my right arm. You know, I've lost the, the leg, and when I have to have prosthetic, so, you know. At, at, at the time when you're, when, you know, kind of take a step back here, when you were in the hospital, I mean, what's going through your mind? I mean, how are you processing something like that? Did Were you were you angry about it? Did you question God? Why did this happen? And I mean, what was the, what, how'd you feel about it? I never, I never got, during that time, I never got down about it. And, I had a group of friends, I'm telling you, it's unreal. In that hospital room, the wall, the nurses and doctors from other floors would come up to my room because I'm telling you, hundreds of cards, people, you know, back home, just friends. And them and God got me through that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to this day, there's still people that come to see me. I. I had a group of friends come out to the hospital to see me in a van that they borrowed from one of them's mother. And it broke down on the way home, and there was another group of them, and somewhere over around Fort Smith, Russellville, I may have that wrong, but it's somewhere that was a long ways from home. And yeah, they pull over, and uh, I don't know, seven or eight of them end up in the back of a pickup, <laughs> you know, riding from Tulsa back home to get a trailer to go back to. To get the van, you know. I mean, there was some, I had some hardcore friends that, yeah. I mean, really, really stood by my side through that. Yeah, they were there for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, you know, you told me at age 21, just prior to the to the accident, that you kind of living a wild life and didn't feel like you were really living for the Lord at that time. And you just said that, you know, you're such wonderful friends and God kind of brought you through that. So was this one of those things that, you know, I, I think I hear people talk about, you know, going through a, a horrible trauma like what you went through. And, you know, you hear stories where some people are angry at God for a while and then some people it just brings them closer to God. So how did you square things that way what was that relationship with you you obviously had awesome friends but how did that go i mean when when you're talking to god after something like that happens how did how do you how did that go man i really don't 
there was a ton of folks at home. I mean, my home church there was still, even though I'd fell out, them guys still had my back, you know, and, and, and praying. And my preacher to this day, he'll still tell, you know, the story about it. I said, man, don't go to the burn center out here in Tulsa. It'll cost you an arm and a leg to go out there, you know. <laughs> Literally, you <laughs> but, say, well, I've already but, paid that. Huh? Right, I've, I've paid the news, you know, to go. But, man, I don't, I don't I, it's just a, that's a hard question to answer. Sure. I mean, it's a hard one. I, I really don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I guess you felt like, you know, like I said, I think sometimes when there's bitterness versus, it's kind of like are, are, are people bitter versus thankful to be alive? And it, and it sounds to me like you had a, more of an attitude of thankful, thankful to, be, to alive. be alive. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I've always, and I know, and I know it's, God kept me alive for a reason. You know, what that reason is just yet. You know, I'm still 20-something years here. There's something There's something going on there why he kept me alive because, uh, I mean, I shouldn't have been. Yeah. I shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really impressed by um, the attitude that what you're talking about after going through something through something so horrific and the attitude that you had, like, you know, when you're initially like, Hey, I don't want to sit in this hospital, get me home, get me out here, getting in and out of a car. Like, Hey, we're not staying here for that. You know, everything that you've told me tells me a lot about where your focus was when this was over. And this is what I love. And one reason that I love it so much is what I did as a physical therapist, you know, prior to this i've been asked many times you know how could i walk away from the job that i did you know after years of training with physical therapy to do something else well number one i love what i do now and i still love physical therapy i enjoy doing it i keep my license up and you know there may be times i'll go back and see patients from time to time i love that profession one reason that i was able to walk away from it there were two two main reasons that things that really frustrated me with that job one being all the paperwork, you know, I got tired of trying having to explain to the insurance companies and Medicare and different people why I needed to treat someone and them trying to dictate to me how long I could see or what I could do. I, I got so sick of that. And then the other thing was in this country, unfortunately, the new American dream is now disability. Right. It used to be. You want you want to you the American dream. You know we're going to own a home. We're going to have a good job. Going to raise a family. Try to create a life better for our kids than the one we had. That's gone away now for so many. And it's just man, they want disability. And for any little injury that they have, car accident, back pain. Not that back pain can't be debilitating. It certainly can, and people can have you know valid disability from that. I'm not saying that. But any little injury I was seeing, people would not work to get better. And even if they did get better, they would not admit they were better because they're wanting disability. Well, here's a man like you. Good Lord, man, you had you lost your arm. You, you know, electrical accident took your arm, took your leg. Yet your focus is not, you never, it sounds, sounds to me like, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't hear anything in your voice saying that that ever entered your mind. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I'm with you, man. I don't know. The problem with 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 that disability deal too is it. There's so many 
suckers of the system, I guess that's what you could say, that somebody that really needs it, and you've got to jump through hoops to get it. I mean, right. they would starve somebody that needs it to death to give it to somebody that's just too lazy to go to work, you know. Mm-hmm. And here you, I mean, nobody would argue. Dude, I would not look down at, on you an ounce with what you went through if you just went disability and quit working. I mean, <laughs> of course, man. And would not have any shame in that yet look at, you know, to see your drive. And I think that's what just impressed me so much and why I was thankful that I got to meet you that day. It was worth the breakdown just because that to me is just – and I know you're a very humble man. You're not going to brag on yourself. But that type of attitude is just plain old inspiring. I mean, where where did that come from in you? I mean, where how do you – can you explain where that came from? Man, I'm telling you, I was – my parents, my grandparents – we were raised to work. It's not like, I mean, I was never around that. You, if you want to eat, you work, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's the way that this country needs to get back to. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for helping somebody that needs help, but there's a difference in help. And, you know, there's a time that you've got to buck up and do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, I'm afraid that we're getting way away from that. Mm-hmm. So another thing that, that pops into my mind, I, I just I try to put myself in your position the best I can, what you went through, trying to imagine how I would handle it. And I promise you, not nearly as well as you did. I, I, I know that. I, I'm not trying to flatter you. That's just a fact of the matter. But another thing here, you're a you're 21-year-old man, and this has happened. Uh, and... How did you feel? You say you weren't really in a relationship prior to your accident. So I know now that you are a married man with a beautiful family. So how did you how did you meet your wife? Or, or first of all, did you did you ever think that that part of life might be over after your after the accident? Did you did you think you would struggle as far as meeting someone and having a relationship? Did you think about that? How'd no, that go? No, not really. I mean, that never really crossed my mind. You know, because. Mm-hmm. I felt like I knew that someday the one would come along, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So you know you've got a beautiful family. So tell me about. Well, tell me about your wife first of all. Oh, she's a good girl. I mean, hardworking, the best mother. I mean, she's got a. That's her number one job is them girls, and I mean she has went above and beyond to take care of them and me too. I mean. I guess I'm as much of a child to her as the kids are. It takes her quite a bit to keep me going too. But no, she is. She's a dandy. She's a dandy. Yeah. Um, is you know is she from Stone County? No, kind of she's that from area? Rosebud. She's Rosebud. From Rosebud. You okay. Bet. Okay. So she's in the farm life and everything. She fits raised, her just fine. She, it fit her just fine. I mean, she was uh, she was raised on a farm. They had land houses. Five five laying houses and her grandma and grandpa and mom and dad that's what they done for a living so i mean it's not nothing new to her to what the struggles of the farm you know so yeah your girls now you have two girls right and ages are they're uh seven and nine and then brandy has a girl that is uh 17 okay so the, the the younger girls, I've seen a lot of the you know the stuff that you post on social media with the girls. Now, just 
precious girls, and I've got a daughter that's that's eight. We need to hook those girls oh, up yeah. at some point. They'll be big buddies. But um, where my daughter tends to be a little bit more of a Disney princess, I see your girls out there on that farm. <laughs> I mean, they they don't oh, back away from don't. anything. They don't. You know, I've had a lot of grown men work for me and help us on, in the chicken house and stuff, and I just soon have them two girls as I had a lot of grown men that's worked for me. I mean, they're they're no big <laughs> – they know what's going on. Yeah, they seem like daddy's girls, yep, too. Yeah, they that, are. They yeah. are. But Brandy, we built the chicken houses, and the girl, the little one was 10 months old whenever we got our first flock of birds. And uh, Brandy would walk chickens with that Kylie and a papoose. I mean, hmm. she don't she don't ever remember there not being a farm, you know, or no chickens on the farm. Mm-hmm. Just life. Um, so... Your life now, obviously, you know, built into that farm, man, you know, you, man, you're doing some hard work. I, I think about you out there cutting hay a lot when it's, gosh, we had such a hot summer. I thought about you a time or two out there working in that field. I know that's uh, that's pretty tough. So you, you do, do you do, you have cattle as well? Yeah, we've got a cow-calf operation. And then occasionally we'll, we'll feed a set of feeder cattle out, just finish some loads or do whatever, but mm-hmm. mainly cow-calf. Mm-hmm. So you have that, and then in the poultry business, how many chicken houses do you have? Four. Four. They're big. I mean, yeah. it's a big operation you got They're there. They're 43 feet wide and 600 feet long, about 103,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Enough to keep you busy, I'm mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> we'll we'll raise about 4 million pounds of chicken a year. Wow. That is unbelievable. So what about um, other aspects of life right now? What are your what are your interests? What are your hobbies? If you can find time to get away You're from right. work, what do you do? Man, I don't know. I still I still like I still like to hunt. You know, I find I find trouble with having time to, you know, morning and evening, that's pretty important times for our chores. you know, chores are going on then and I have trouble sitting still going and getting on a deer stand and, and sitting there because your mind's always thinking man i need to be doing this or doing that or whatever but i still enjoy that and we're our church i mean we're we're really we're there every time anything going on with that we're we try to be involved with that Mm -hmm. what kind of challenges do you have you know with 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 hunting other than the obvious like shooting put take me through shooting you're you're shooting with one arm now and you've got the other dom the eye dominant issue how how did how tough was that to get around, a or how do you anything special you had to do for that? I have done a lot of shooting off a of truck mirror, <laughs> lots of it, <laughs> lots of it. <laughs> yeah, got a little, you got to have a prop, no, right? I guarantee you, I guarantee you. I've uh, I've sat in the truck a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, I've hunted out of the truck a lot, but and luckily there at home, you know, I'm able I'm able to do that. It's not like yeah. It's not like having to go out on some public land or something like that. You know, I, the Lord blessed me with that. We've got plenty of places that that I can hunt like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, have you ever gotten into any type of calling or anything like that? Which I know hunt from a vehicle, you're probably not doing much of that, but I know you get out some. Do you oh, ever, yeah. Do you ever get yeah. into the calling aspects of things much? Oh, or? yeah. I mean, I still turkey hunt. You know, that's one of my favorite things to do and add you know, it kind of cracks me up to watch people get so serious about that. I mean, we've killed lots of turkeys that you could turn around and see the truck. If that sucker's gobbling and he's going to come, you 
if he's ready, he's ready. I mean, we've killed lots of turkeys. You can see the truck from where we were set up at, mm-hmm. you know. So, and in, in I've seen a lot of the stuff that you post. You're very involved in your church and, and things like that now. Um, you ever you ever do any type of uh, counseling with, um, not really, I mean, I know you're not a counselor, but do you ever meet people that have been through trauma maybe similar to what you have or different types of physical challenges? It's, have you ever done anything no, like that? No, not really. Not really. I feel like I should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I... I mean, I've I've went and talked to some folks that's got hurt and stuff, you know. But I, I don't know. I've I probably should do more of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I just didn't know if someone like it, like if I knew someone that had recently dealt with a amputee or something like that. You know, I know you. I know another gentleman's good friend that has, has dealt with things like that. I didn't know if you'd had any personal. Someone saying, "Hey, man, I want you to talk to this no, guy or anything really. like not that." No, really. I sh- like that. I said, I should. I really, I really should be do some of that. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know, you're talking about church being so important with you now. Um, it's. I mean, I can, I can, I can tell. You know, seeing what things that you post and just talking to you. I know your church is very important to you. Your faith is very important to you. Um, and you've got you got such an incredible story here. Um, you know, I was listening to a, a pastor the other day that was talking about, you know, sharing, witnessing to other people that were not saved, people that did not know the Lord. And one of the things that he recommended, it's always something I've struggled with, is how do you do this? You know, how, right. do, you, how do you share that with someone? It's very difficult to me. Uh, uh, there's no shame in me to do it, but I just don't know sometimes how to convey it to people. So someone's looking at you and, you know, they see your life and they see this amazing attitude and the way that you you take on everything so and you're you obviously your faith is you're very strong in your faith so that you know he said if you know the best way to to share the jesus with someone is to basically tell them what he did for you what he did in your life that if you present that to him that's kind of how he recommended starting so you know just just briefly man i'm not trying to put you on spot for a long uh you know a real tough answer here but if you're selling jesus which i always think it's funny saying selling jesus that, that's kind of like selling a parachute to a man on a crashing airplane you know but if you're selling that aspect I mean, what would you what would you tell someone man i had a guy i kind of gave my testimony one time and uh, i struggle with it i mean it's just hard for me to put those words together one time and uh, i got done and he looked at me and he said you know your your story's good but he said uh you need to just tell how good Jesus is. I mean, always, every everything you do, you know, you need to just tell them, you know, Jesus is good. Jesus brought me through, you know, and just keep telling people how good he is and what, you know, what he can do for you, you know. Right. You, um, I saw a, a video of you recently um, well, before I get into that, now you did, did you tell me you had COVID as well? Yeah. You battled COVID. Yeah, how, how rough was COVID? It was on? rough. <laughs> Very rough. Uh-huh. A year ago right now, we were down, we were down with it. Yeah. How, uh, did you have to go to the hospital or anything No, like no that? hospital. No hospital. We, uh, luckily we got a hold of a doctor at Clinton that I feel like gave us what medicine we needed to get over it, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, no, it was, it was it was a battle for sure getting over it. What kind of medicine did you did you uh, take? Hydrochloroquine and um, uh, 
the inhaler that they say don't work. <laughs> <laughs> it would happen to work. <laughs> it would happen to work. Is that hydroxychloroquine? Is that the that they put you on there? You bet. Yeah. You bet. You felt like that did the trick. Something huh? did. I yeah. mean, we were down. We were down. That was before the the Ivermec deal, but I would I would be all about that now. Yeah. I Man had trouble breathing, he'll I, take whatever. I'd have gave myself some if I'd have known then, you know. Got <laughs> on my medicine bag for the cows. <laughs> I saw a uh, I saw another video the other day. Um, I was doing a little research last night, thinking about you coming on here. So I got on your Facebook page and kind of scrolled through that, you know, stalking you a little bit on that Facebook page. And came across a video that slipped by me somehow. I didn't see it where you were on this giant slingshot ride. <laughs> where were you at? Branson? We were in Branson, yeah. And <laughs> so that looked pretty fun, but it didn't look like it scared you a bit. No, now, your your no. friend that was with you, he looked like he was kind of like me squirming <laughs> a little bit before that thing shot off. So are you a, are you an adrenaline junkie yeah, like I that? You enjoy so. stuff like that? I guess that? so. You know, I chuck wagon raced for about 13 years after I got hurt, even after I got hurt. I don't know. After I've been through what I've been through, you know, <laughs> Not when, scary. The good, when the good Lord's when it's your time to go home, you're going. I mean, you it don't matter. You might as well do. If it's fun, you might as well get in. You got a little bit of invincibility you feeling bet, now, you don't bet, you? You bet. That's I've pretty, done some pretty crazy things. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man. I, see, I think I'd be that guy. I was watching the video, see, and you were just laughing the whole time. And <laughs> I could tell your buddy was a little more drawn up, although he was enjoying it. He was probably tougher than I would have been in that situation. I'd be that guy that would pass out. You ever see that, Jake, where they just, you know, they shoot him up in the air? That would be me. I would just be limp. And then I'd wake up long enough just to scream, realizing that I'm still in the air, and then I'd pass out again. That'd be me. Have you seen that video where the guys – so he's buckling the girl in, you know, making sure her seatbelt's on or whatever, and he's standing there. And right about the time he says, let me get your seatbelt, it's not hooked, they let her go. Oh. <laughs> this woman is She's oh. losing it. She oh. is losing it. it. That's a good one. I guarantee That's you she can't one. scream as loud as I can. <laughs> I saw one one time with bungee jumping that was like that where they had another, like an extra rope, and when they would – jump like especially if they were going backwards they'd be like oh wait wait and they would drop that. that's cruel <laughs> that and one unusual. is not connected to anything <laughs> that should be illegal oh i'm telling you i'd say that'd be my luck i'd pull it on someone they have a heart attack and die you know so then i would be i'd be in jail for manslaughter right you don't play with people like that yeah i'd be upset once i finally got first of all i'm not doing any jumping off anything anyway I'm, that's not me Plus, you know, you come back up. I mean, it's, you put me in that situation. Like I said, I'm going to scream like a little girl the whole way down. It's going to be on – everybody's going to be watching it and enjoying it on YouTube. Plus, when I get back up, I've crapped my pants. You know, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to change. There's all there's all that going on. So, they, I would be very upset if someone, someone pulled that on me. So, um, That's the difference in me and my wife. She's not a – I am a whatever, crazy stuff like that. And she's, she's – that's probably the only thing we really don't have in common. <laughs> she would not be amused at something <laughs> no, like that at all. all. <laughs> you couldn't melt and pour her on some of the things I do. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, one more quick question. Bucket list. What's on your bucket list? What's what's out there you still want to do? Man, I'm going to kill either a big bull moose or a bull elk one. That's 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 my bucket list right there. Mm-hmm. Any any immediate plans or? Uh, I've been putting in for a draw. They have a handicap hunt out in New Mexico, and we've put in for it, but we hadn't drawn. I've got a friend that's an outfitter out there, and uh-huh. he said if we can get the tag, he can put me on. So yeah, that's what we're trying to. That's what we're trying to get done. 
you be sure and let me know if you get that tag. Right. You know, I we wanna, might get some video guy to go with us. We right might there. do that. I bet you could talk Jake into that. He uh, That would be a pretty cool shoot for sure. I might have to exercise if we're doing hills <laughs> before yeah. the hunt. I got, I'm friends with me and Bill Nixon, the vet there at home. We're friends, and we've been on several hunts out west. And I got to kill a bear in Idaho, probably about 2,000, something like that. But that was a really neat trip. We drove out there and drove up to the snow line and met the outfitter and then we snowmobiled over the mountain to hunt on the other side and that was that was a pretty neat idaho pretty is neat beautiful I, yes it is i've not spent a lot of time out there but i have been out there and seen some of those mountains it's it's breathtaking that out was there the Bitterroot mountains where we were at in there that's it's something yeah i saw some near snake river i'm not exactly sure where i was you know mountain wise we went up you know traveled up in there and uh, just outside of Boise there and it's it's really something we were supposed to go this past this year up in the Canadian Rockies but COVID got everything shut down you were going to have to vaccinate and quarantine and it just wasn't worth the I mean we for one we couldn't we weren't going you know a 10-day hunt was going to turn into a month by the time you went up there to in quarantine and then you had to quarantine before you come back it wasn't wasn't worth worth that yeah yeah COVID messed up a lot of hunting plans last year. I hope it'll, I don't know, everything firing back right. up. Now who who knows what uh, what things are going to be. But it sounds like you you don't mind traveling to do some hunting. No, I don't. I don't. And when you get away from home, I mean, if you're out there, you can hunt. Where at mm-hmm. home, I, I have trouble setting, setting still, thinking about something else we need to go do. Because what you need to do is right you there, bet. right you there bet. next to you. Yeah, get your mind away from it. Oh, man, I tell you something, man. It, it really... You know, first of all, I, I appreciate I, – I owe you too, man. You you saved me on the side of the road <laughs> one day. Uh, you were kind enough to, to drive down here, take a good drive to come down here to Searcy to to be on the podcast, and I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, man, I one thing I think that interested me so much in you and why I wanted to have you on here, um, you know, I think – as life goes on, you know, we, we start out, we call them heroes when we're kids. And then I think it just kind of becomes, you know, people that we admire as we get older. To me, when you're a kid, you know, I know for me, my my heroes were related to, like, sports. I mean, I idolized Magic Johnson growing up. And then, you know, certain actors, musicians, things like that. We tend to do that when we're children. We get older, get to be a young adult, for me and I think for most then we look at people that are successful and it's like hey man this guy's you know he runs this business he started this you know he's uh, maybe he's gained some fame or notoriety but he's been very successful in a certain area and so we tend to put those people up on a pedestal and then I think as you mature further in life the thing that really strikes me and what the people that I love talking to and learning about are you know when you get older, you know, life, life's had enough time to kind of kick your butt a little bit. It's kind of beat you down a little bit. You know, we've lost, you get to a certain age, you've lost loved ones. You've been through hard times. You've been through some trials and tribulations and hopefully came out to the other side. And that's what really interests me at this stage in my life is that when I see people that to me are just unstoppable, people that have that attitude of not going to give up, they're not going to quit, and it, it, it is almost like they are unstoppable and they just have that attitude that they can, they're tough enough, they're going to push through anything. And, man, that's what I saw in you that day. That's what I, I – I, and I know you're a humble guy, but, man, I really admired that in you, and I appreciate that. And, and man, just think, like I said, thanks for everything and thanks for 
taking the time to come on the podcast, you bet, man. You bet. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Come back and see us. You bet. We will. Thank you.